You are listening to Be the Love, transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness. We are souls on the journey, opening up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez, and we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. Hop on board the Ascension Bus. I'm Lara from Light Post by Lara. I'm the Tigers of the Light. This is Brad Panopoulos. Hi guys, this is Nina Sauer. This is Dig with Sacred Fire Arts. Namaste, my name is Ischilla Joy Davey, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. So if it feels safe for you, I'd like to take a moment and just invite you to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself, and breathing out the light and love and sending it to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Today we have Trish Bennett, founder of Build Yourself Back Up. Trish shares her personal journey of challenges, heartbreak, and loss of self so she can support and encourage others who have experienced their own pain and who are ready to build themselves back up. Trish spent most of her life wearing an invisible mask that hid the true pain that was buried inside her mind, body, and soul. After her spiritual awakening and unraveling of her life, Trish spent many years healing the pains of the past. Her heartbreaking life lessons led her to forgive herself and others. And step-by-step, she was able to build herself and her life back up and create a life that is filled with success, love, and opportunities. Through her work and passion for positive change, Trish teaches others that at any point in time, you can make changes and become the person you envision every day. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Trish. Thank you, Stacey, and thank you, Sam, for having me. Absolutely. So it sounds like you've had quite the spiritual awakening. I would love to hear more about that. Can you tell us a little bit about what that awakening was like for you? For sure. So uh, I actually wasn't very accustomed to high energies and spirituality. I was aware of it throughout my childhood and into my adulthood. I knew that I had gut feeling. I knew that things would come in, but I didn't realize that there was so much more out there for me to experience. 
five years ago, I started to transform from the inside out. I started noticing that I was connecting on a much deeper level. I was receiving intuitive information and it would be instant. I would say things out loud and then immediately right after something like that would happen. And then my manifesting skills completely expanded as well. So when I started asking for things, even bad stuff, it would always show up. And through that awakening, I started becoming more conscious and aware that life on earth isn't just this loop that we live in where we wake up, we go to work, we come home, we eat, we watch TV, we go to bed and we repeat the cycle. It's actually about transformation. It's co-creation, it's connection, and it's finding that deep soul that we are connected to on the other side and bringing it forth and showing it to the world. Hmm. Wow, that sounds really beautiful. It sounds like you really came into that place of just recognition of your your own sovereignty and by especially by staying connected with the the universe and what tapping into the manifestation and the the manifesting powers of of your true nature. Um, that's really beautiful. So tell tell us a little bit about. Um, that what the, you mentioned um, in your bio, um, just as far as like the invisible mask. And so what does that look like? And how can we truly uncover that to, to tap into that potential? So for me, how I experienced it, when I had my awakening, it was so blissful. It was euphoric. And then it shifted on me about six months after all of this greatness came in. And I went into a very, very deep sense of healing. Mm -hmm. And from there, I started recognizing that the life I had been living, I was wearing an invisible mask. And what that was, was I was pretending to be somebody that I wasn't, especially to please other people. And I was also pretending to be happy when I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I was pretending to be all of these things just to avoid the embarrassment that I was living with, which was depression. Mm -hmm. I had been suffering with depression for over 25 years. I was probably about 10 when I knew things were not okay. I was quite unhappy. 13 was when I went and I told my mom, I'm not okay. And unfortunately I wasn't given the opportunity to heal that. And throughout the years, I just continued to build on top of my depression. I would believe other people's horrible words about me. And it kept digging and digging and digging at me. And so I put this mask on to avoid letting anyone know that they were having that effect on me and that I was actually dying on the inside. So I would post pictures on social media of this great life I was living so no one knew. I would go out to events. I would try my best, you know, put on a great outfit, put on the makeup, walk with the confidence, but it was all fake. And then when the spiritual awakening happened, I realized that all that I was doing was just fluff. It wasn't even real. It wasn't authentic. And so I had to start healing all of the stuff that was causing me to wear the mask 
And then when I did, the mask came off and I was able to live my truth. I was able to speak my truth and then tell my story and not be embarrassed by it. Wow. That sounds really powerful. I think, you know, and so many people, I think, struggle with that today, right? Um, Especially through social media and through these other platforms that they're almost, you know, trying to put up a facade that you, and most of the pictures or the postings you see are, are all positive. And so what's happening underneath that surface, you know, and, and that, you know, not many people are talking about the shadow side or the human side. And so it sounds like you really tapped into that and, and were able to uncover the truth so you could truly live your authentic life. Um, wondering if you could tell, tell us a little bit more about kind of what that process was like for you to truly uncover that, that shadow side, that the, the mask and, and to move into that more authentic life for yourself. I would say that the process was painful to start very painful when you have to witness the memories that caused your depression, your anxiety, your anger, whatever emotion you're feeling, it gets real and it gets raw. So feeling that emotion caused me to feel even worse than I was before. But when I started recognizing that when I was expressing myself, when I was feeling my stuff, and then crying it out, writing it out, talking it out, I felt better after. And so I said to myself, okay, so something's happening here, even though I'm going really deep into this and it hurts and I don't wanna see it and I don't wanna feel it, the aftermath is actually worth it. So when I started recognizing that I could do the work and, and sit with all of my stuff, it eventually got better. But for me, I actually had several areas that I needed to address. I had a spiritual level, I had a human level, I had a mental level. And once I started to combine them all, things started to feel a little lighter on the inside. So the mental was depression, it was limiting beliefs. I believed I wasn't smart, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't beautiful enough, I wasn't deserving enough. I then had to work on the spiritual side and trust that if I went through this process, if I felt the rain and the clouds, I'd get the rainbow in the end. Mm. And then the physical side, I had lived with so much tension in my body that I was actually feeling quite hunched over and tight. I felt very closed off. And so I had to teach my body to open up. So when I was opening up in other areas, my body opened up and I felt more relaxed. I felt like I could get out of the house and exercise and it wouldn't hurt. So as I worked through my transformation and healing, every area of my life started to change and become better. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, it sounds like just kind of listening to what you needed at that time. And, and it just sort of catapulted outward and kind of moved into that. Um, everything else was impacted, um, all the areas of your life. So it wasn't just like one area, but everything kind of flowed out. 
It did. And I kind of made the mistake of conquering too much at once, Mm -hmm. thinking that the faster I moved through it, the faster it would end. And I was actually, it's quite the opposite. When you do too much at once, it's actually harder to feel the reward. Mm -hmm. So eventually I started noticing that, you know what, you only need to work on the confidence today, nothing Mm -hmm. else. You Mm -hmm. only need to work on that limiting belief today nothing else. Mm. And it got easier for me to do it when I managed only one area or one belief or one thing that I needed to work on at a time. I really uh, appreciated what you just said too. um, Because, you know, I think when we start working on ourselves, and we start, you know, going for our goals or, or whatever, you know, we feel like we have to do everything all at once. You know, I definitely know that's, that's, that's it for me. I do have a hard time, like, okay, I'm just going to do this today, or I'm just going to do this today. Um, but I really appreciated that you said, you know, it's, it's not a, you know, you tried the all at once thing and it didn't work out for you, you know? Um, and I think it is, that is very important to, to, you know, focus, especially when it comes to, you know, your spiritual and like mental well-being to focus on one thing, like you said, you know, I'm going to focus on my depression. Um, but I do know, you know, and I know this is true for me that I do get very overwhelmed and, you know, I have all these things, all these goals I want to accomplish, all these things I want to do that I don't even know where to start, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, the process of like healing and forgiving ourselves a lot of us are that way too. Like, oh, I want to, you know, heal the inner child and I want to get closer to nature and I want to get closer to the universe or my gods and goddesses or whatever. I want to do all this stuff and I want to do it all right now. But that's, you know, like you said, it it just doesn't work out that way. So uh, my question to you would be, so how can one start the process of doing that self-forgiveness and that, you know, that that, uh, uh, deep healing and all that when, you know, like with my brain, we're all just, we all want to have everything done at once. Where would be a good place to start that healing process? I would say that the first step is to acknowledge that there is something that needs to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. I like to do the root cause. I go deep down and I figure out the one thing that's causing my, my problem, the one thing that's causing the limiting belief or whatever it is, and work on that and acknowledging so for example, when I decided that I needed to build up my confidence, all I was going to focus on was confidence. I went and I realized that my, my lack of confidence came from believing other people's views about me. So I immediately said, no more. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to believe anyone else's beliefs or words, but my own. So it was mental at the beginning. I started working on that, just quick affirmations. I trust your belief. I trust your path. I trust what you want. And then eventually I had to actually show up confident. I couldn't just be it in my head. I actually had to be it in the physical world. Mm -hmm. So I actually went on Google and just searched how to be confident because I had no idea. Like it wasn't a part of my world. And so it would say, have a have a pose have a have a power pose hands on the hips that would give confidence eye contact you know all of these little things that would help me show up better getting a new hobby and conquering it Hmm. so I would take one of the tools 
every day and I would say, okay, Trish, what are we going to do today? Well, today I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk to strangers and I'm going to look them right in the eye. And that, that was fearful for me because I could never look people in the eye because I didn't want them to see the true pain behind what I was hiding. Mm -hmm. So it was a matter of just finding the one thing and going and moving through it. And then the forgiveness side of it, for me, the hardest part was to forgive myself. I actually forgave the people in my past before I forgave myself for my actions. Mm -hmm. So when I was working through something like confidence, where a memory would come up and someone showed me that I wasn't worthy enough, my confidence went down, I forgave them. And then I had to come in and say, I forgive you for believing that person. I forgive you for showing up that way. And then eventually those forgivenesses within started to release. But I also noticed that when I started forgiving, other areas of me would forgive. I, I would focus on one spot and then everything else felt better. It wasn't just that one memory I healed. I healed a whole bunch of stuff at one time. Oh yeah. Forgiveness is so powerful. I mean, we can truly tap into the power of forgiveness. It, it can let go of so much. It sounds like you've, you noticed that just recognizing the true power of how that forgiveness allowed you to let go of many different things and mm -hmm. including yourself, like forgiving yourself. And that can be sometimes the hardest part for people to really forgive things that they've done in the past, or maybe how they've treated themselves or what they've done, you know, living in regret. And so I'm wondering, um, what was that like for you to really dive into the self-forgiveness piece? Uh, again, it was really painful to see memories of when I showed up poorly. Mm -hmm. But when I started working through my forgiveness towards myself, I had to remind myself that the way I was showing up in life at that time was a result of watching other people. I did not grow up with the best role models. So of course, I'm going to mimic the way that they speak, the way that they think, and the way that they show up, not knowing that there is actually a better way. So in my awakening, I actually realized that I had the power to do it any way I wanted. I actually had no idea that I could remove myself from the old way to a brand new way. So when I said, Trish, you are showing up this way because your stepdad taught you that and it's not okay it's not okay to insult people it's not okay to yell at people there is a better way so what's the better way and I always had to go and find it I always had to go find it I would ask people I would watch other people I would read books listen to podcasts and get the advice get all that knowledge and then when I got the knowledge and what resonated with me, I would apply it to my life. And then when it started working, I kept moving through it and kept incorporating it in other areas. Mm -hmm. But the self-forgiveness, you have to remember that you were showing up in a way that that's, that's what you knew. Mm -hmm. And until you know better, then you can be better. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for saying that, because I think that's so true is that we have to recognize that when we were maybe in a different state of consciousness, you know, in the past, it doesn't mean that that's who we are now, but we can, you know, recognize we were doing the best that we knew best that we, you know, with what we had at the time. And, you know, sometimes those defense mechanisms show up or those coping mechanisms, you know, and we, we do, we show up in, in a different way. We might not do that today, but recognizing and having compassion for that person back then, you know, for that, you know, younger version of yourself, even if it was like last week, you know, you, you might've done something that was out of character or that you, you know, but like showing yourself forgiveness and for your humanness. Absolutely. And I actually have a really funny example from yesterday in regards to my email with you, Stacy. Mm -hmm. So when I responded, I realized that I should have reviewed my email a little closely because I made some grammatical errors. And that's not something that is common with me. I'm more about, you know, detailed oriented, but I did. And when I reread my email, I had two options. I could beat myself up and say, oh, you're so stupid. Why didn't you do that? Or I could say, you know what, Trish, people make mistakes. It's just a great reminder that the next time you send out an email, double check it. That's Mm -hmm. it. And that's the point where we have to get to is how am I going to show up here? How am I going to treat myself? What am I going to say? I can go down the hill and hurt myself or I can stand strong in where I'm at and say, you know what? We're all human. We all make mistakes. It's okay. Let's move on. Let's learn from it. Let's try again. That's it. That's a beautiful example because I think those are just the little day-to-day things that, you know, we might get tripped up on and we we'll beat ourselves up over, you know, but it's really, you know, we have to ask ourselves is, you know, is it worth it? What is, what's, what's the more gentler approach? How am I, you know, how would I treat a friend in this moment? You know, really, you know, would I beat up a friend for making some mistakes, you know, but sometimes I think we can be our own worst critic. That's so many ways. Yeah, we are. And I think that when we get to a point of finding the balance where we can stop and say, no, I'm not going that way. That's where you can see the growth in yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And and with awareness, so we can really show up with that self-compassion, you know, because we can, we are conditioned to have self-compassion for everybody else or or compassion, not (laughs) self-compassion, but like turning that inward to, you know, show the self-compassion piece, I think is huge, especially as we are learning to love ourselves and learning to evolve and change the world. Um, you know, I think it just, it starts with the self, right. You know, showing compassion for ourselves so we can truly step in and and show compassion for others. Absolutely. You mentioned too, like the, you know, so going into like the confidence piece, maybe working on one thing at a time. So I'm wondering if you can talk about just the balance too of you know, going into the painful emotions that we have versus like working toward the, the emotions that we want to create. Have you noticed like a, um, a balance with that or like, how do you navigate that? Um, for me, I would say that if I want to get from a negative to a positive and, you know, it's a constant struggle within, it's just being aware that you're still having those thoughts 
And us humans have over 6,000 thoughts a day. So managing that much is kind of hard to do when you're first starting out because your thoughts are just going, right? So it's learning to pause and, and hearing them. Mm-hmm. When we are on autopilot, we don't get to recognize the thoughts we're thinking. And it's the thoughts that we're thinking that are creating the messes that we're feeling, the the struggles that we're having. So when we can start pausing and hearing those thoughts as they come in, we can prevent them from getting bigger or we can prevent them from happening again because we're aware. And then we, what I do is once the negative thought is showing up, I hear it, I pause and say, okay, What's going on? Because there's a reason it's coming up, right? We, we can't ignore it because it's not going to go away. We have to ask, well, why? So I would ask myself, well, why am I feeling sad about this situation? Well, I didn't feel like I was asked to join in. I wanted to be a part of that group. Nobody asked me. It hurt my feelings. Okay, Trish, well, what, do we can, what can we do to make it better? Well, I can go through different perspectives. What's the perspective? I wasn't invited because it actually wasn't for, my, for, for me, wasn't my best interest. I wasn't invited because I didn't show interest and they didn't know to invite me, right? So having a new perspective of why the thoughts coming up will help us shift it. We tell ourselves story after story after story, and it's just a story. It's not the truth until we stop recognize what it is and ask ourselves, well, what's the truth? So that's the new perspective. And then from there, what I do is to balance things out physically, because life gets really going. I make sure that I create a healthy space for my healing. I don't take myself out to the world. And if I feel like I might, I don't go out to the world. I will stay in. I'm like, okay, you got to check out what's going on before you walk out that door. Because if you do and you're angry, you could be blasting somebody that doesn't deserve your anger. Mm -hmm. So I always make sure that there's a healthy space for me. And if I'm in a situation where I can't find one, I will automatically just walk out, just leave, feel my stuff. Okay, honey, you're feeling something. I hear you. When we get home tonight, let's sit with it. Let's get a journal out and let's write it out. So I find the balance in my head, but I also find the balance within my life because both of it needs to match. You know, and that's uh, very, very uh, good information that, you know, you just, you just said. And um, yeah, I think uh, us as humans, like, you know, you and Stacy have been talking about, we are so focused on other people, you know, and, and especially, you know, the the days and time we live in now we are so scared to offend anybody and um when you said you know there's there are just some times where i just i need to get up and i need to walk out i think that's you know that is a very healthy way of of handling internal situations however that ping of fear comes in where it's like yeah but you know so and so invited me to this party or you know i'm here already or whatever and i don't want to offend anybody so i'm going to sit here and i'm going to stew in my own crap And I'm going to have a horrible time because I feel like I'm going to offend somebody yet. If, if, you know, like you said, if you just got up and walked away, nobody would be offended. 
and you wouldn't be miserable because you would, you know, you, you would be doing your self-care basically, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think that's just, that's something that I think we all really need to hear from time to time is that it's okay to just walk away. You know, it's okay to, to, um, you know, disassociate yourself from a party or something that you're not feeling well in that situation. It's okay to leave that situation and it's okay to work, to work on yourselves. Um, and you're also talking about, you know, your, your, the, the thoughts, whether it be negative or positive kind of going in and out. And that actually, that's just reminding me of a Chinese proverb. That's, uh, let your thoughts come and go, but don't serve them tea, yeah. you know? So basically, you know, don't sit and don't like, don't an- overanalyze it. Don't dwell on it. Just, just kind of let them go, you know? Um, and which also is very, very difficult for us, especially, you know, with, with when the ego brain kicks in, you know, the ego brain's pretty powerful, you know, it's a pretty powerful thing. And it will tell us that, no, you need to focus on this, or no, you need to stay here, or else people are going to get offended. Mm-hmm. And if people get offended, then you might lose friendships and blah, 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 blah. When, you know, 99% of the time, it's just total crap. Um, and then and another thing that you mentioned way at the beginning, you were talking about manifestation. And you know, how you were able to manifest positive things and also manifest negative things. And um, I think, you know, manifestation is one of the more powerful tools we have as humans. You know, and I've, I've manifested positive things, I manifested negative things as well. But I think one thing that, you know, might not be talked about too much, because, you know, we have the positive affirmations, we have all that positivity, but the power of manifestation. Mm-hmm you know, and uh, I was wondering maybe if you could talk a little bit about that, how important it is when we are, you know, doing the positive affirmations and, you know, the, the um, law of attraction stuff and all that, how important it is for us to, to basically manifest things, you know, and how, you know, we have the power in our minds and in our intentions to manifest. And, um, yeah, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and, you know, how you have been able to see more positive and healing effects from these manifestations that you're doing. Absolutely. So manifesting for me was not an easy task at the beginning because I didn't realize that even the way that I was asking for what I wanted affected how it showed up. So I would say, for example, I don't want to get stuck in traffic. And then all of a sudden I'm stuck in a traffic jam. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but universe, I just told you I didn't want this. Mm -hmm. So it was actually learning to reword the way I was asking. So I then would say, I want to go from point A to point B with complete flow. And I want to arrive on time. So it was learning to change the way that I was asking for things because the negative came when I put the negative spin, Mm. the positive came when I put the positive spin. And then eventually I wanted bigger things. I wanted a better job. I wanted a new house and I didn't believe, and I didn't trust that that would happen because I was so stuck in, well, when I asked, I was getting the negative. So what I started teaching myself was playing games with the universe to get my trust level to a point where I knew all I had to do one time was ask for what I wanted and and let it go. Mm -hmm. 
So the games that I would play, for example, a couple of years ago, I was dropping my daughter off at a friend's place and my son wanted to go to the dollar store. And I said, sure. Before we left for the day, I asked the universe, if you want me to learn to trust you and the things that I ask, show me balloons today. So I draw my daughter off. My son and I go to the dollar store and we walk in. We buy the little items that he wanted. I'm not feeling so great. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a, a struggle moment. I'm not present with my son. We finish up at the, the cash. We walk outside to go back to my vehicle. And all of a sudden to my right, I hear this huge pop noise. And I look over and the store next to the dollar store is having their grand opening. Mm -hmm. And there's hundreds of balloons. <laughs> I didn't see them walking in because I was so stuck in my head and not being present mm -hmm. that they literally had to pop a balloon in order for me to look and see them all over the place. Mm -hmm. So when I had those moments of, of trusting them and they showed me the evidence that I can trust, I started building my manifesting skills. So I learned that I had to reword the way I was asking. I had to for sure trust and let go. I couldn't keep thinking about it. And then eventually I noticed that I was thinking about the things that I wanted. And I asked myself, well, what's the difference between thinking and letting go or thinking and trusting that it's all gonna work out? For me, when I would think about something I wanted and it felt good on the inside, I knew that things were actually getting closer to that. Mm. When I would ask for something and I felt negative feelings, I knew that I was much further away from it and I needed to heal the gap between. So was it trust? Was it a lack of belief that I deserve it? What is it that's causing the negative? So that was the transformation for my manifesting, was rewording the way I asked, playing games and trusting, and then sitting with what I was asking for and feeling it in the body, right? So when we're getting close to what we want, it's like, oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. And then I can move on with my life. Life is good. I think what I want, oh, I don't feel so good. And now I'm in worry. Now I'm in fear, right? Now it's not coming because I haven't healed the gap between asking and receiving. So that's how that manifesting uh, shifted for me was that transformation. That sounds like, yeah, a very powerful process and the awareness of that, because I think there, you know, has to be that level of deep awareness of where am I, what am I asking and where, where do I want to be? And, and what is maybe holding back and to really tune into the body because the body is the barometer, right? The body is going to really show up and, and, um, tell you, you know, why you're not manifesting what you want. You know, those feelings, um, need to, you know, be addressed because that's what's sending out that signal, right. To say, Hey, this is, I am deserving of this, or I'm not deserving of this and tapping into that. So I'm wondering like, if, what are some of the processes you use to tap into that energy, the emotional energy, um, so you can heal that those wounds to ultimately manifest what you want? 
So what I would do if I felt negative emotion around something that I asked, I would go deeper to it. I would sit with it. I, I journal almost daily. I go through bulks of journals a year because for me, when I express, it needs to be written or it needs to be words that I speak or I need to cry. Those are my three ways. So for example, I had a moment where I moved into my, my place that I am right now with my kids. And I told myself that after my separation, after I got things going, after I got my own place, then I'd probably be open to introducing a new partner into my world. And so one day I'm in the kitchen and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, wow, all these things that I said I needed to conquer first have happened. So I might be in line for this new amazing person that I've been asking for. And I felt this jolt of pain in my chest. And then I asked myself, what is that? Asking questions when you feel something, you will get an answer. And when I got the answer, it was, you don't believe you're good enough for a good man. So then I had to step back and say, well, why? What beliefs am I living with that are preventing me from trusting that I can receive? So I didn't think that my life was enough for this person. The job, that, the job title, I should say, was enough for this person. You know, being a single mom and having all these things that I need, that's not enough for this person. So when I felt it in the body and I sat with it, I was able to identify what it was that was causing it. And then I went out and I bought a book. I read the book about how to transform the way I used to show up in a relationship to how I want to show up. And so the process became reading the material and applying what resonated with me to become this woman that I want to be. And then eventually I'm this woman. I've been single for almost five years. And I don't need a man. I've gotten to a point where I don't need a man. I desire one. I don't need one to complete me. I want one to elevate me. Mm. And those were the issues I was dealing with as I uncovered them through that one moment where I had a thought and it hit me hard right in the center that, no, you're not even close to it. So it's unraveling the source of why you're feeling that way and then finding the tools to clear it. That's really a beautiful process. And I think that, you know, just a beautiful message too, to recognize that, you know, it's sometimes when we want something, you know, we might get, you know, maybe what we need at the time, but it's not maybe in congruent with, congruence with like really what our ultimate vision is because there's still that, energy there that needs to be healed and recognizing that, you know, I love what you said about not needing, you know, a man to complete you, but someone to elevate you. Right. And so when we can like come to that place of that deserving this, because you're already complete. And when we're manifesting, you know, partnership, I think that's an important distinction there. So, 
I also think that expectations of what we ask for need to be balanced because we have beautiful minds that can create huge dreams. But if we get very specific on what we're asking for and it, and it shows up, but it doesn't look like it the way that we envision, we don't sometimes see it. Mm -hmm. right we 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 push it away because I was like no that's not what I asked for I asked for purple not pink Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it was what the universe brought because that's how I asked for it Mm -hmm. and sometimes even with manifestation I think it's important you know to yeah not be specific to be open um and and sometimes you know I'm wondering like if you could also talk about this too that like how maybe we might the universe will give us things that we don't ask for and mm-hmm. put them in our, our place. Maybe things that they, the universe thinks we need at the moment, or, you know, um, something that might happen that we had no idea that that's what we needed, but it came anyways. Um, have you ever experienced something like that? And, and what, it, what would you, yeah. How would yeah. you I absolutely have. So the job that I recently was working with, I had a boss that was very difficult at times to work with. He was more focused on the masculine, that it was a boys club and that women only had specific roles within the company and they were more admin. Like we weren't allowed to um, voice our opinion or ideas. What came from that was I asked the universe for this job. I asked the universe for a job with opportunities. I asked for the right pay, nice, close to home. I didn't ask for a a difficult boss, but the universe brought me a difficult man because I was living with a limiting belief that I'm not equal to men, which was also the reason why I couldn't manifest the man that I wanted. So The universe brought me a man that challenged me daily to be better, to be more confident, to use my voice. And there were times where I stood up to him and I know that it affected our relationship in the end, but it changed me. Hmm. And eventually he ended up being removed from the company because of the way he was showing up. I didn't ask for that. But the universe brought it saying, this person is going to help you heal so many areas about your beliefs, about who you are, what you deserve, and the people you're allowed to surround yourself with. So by the time he actually was removed from the company, I had got to a point where I had that that compassion for him because I knew he was showing up only because of how he was taught. He didn't have the awareness that he could change, but I changed. So then I got compassion for myself as well through it because that was a difficult time. And I cried a lot because I was actually sometimes only the only woman in the office. So I felt very secluded and it was a challenge that I absolutely needed to experience, but never asked for. Thank you for sharing that example. I think that's a a perfect example of how events and people can show up in our lives to help us heal. And so if we can really see that, you know, our experiences, it's not happening to us, it's happening for us. And we're not victims of our circumstances, but we can show (laughs) up and see it 
as a mirror, right? So that's that person, you know, who is, you know, was in front of you magnifying that belief for you, um, helping you to really heal that piece. And, and so, yeah, so recognizing that even though things are not showing up and maybe we ask for one thing and we get, we get this thing, but then we also show up with these challenges to ultimately heal and work through some of those deeper issues so we can recognize our true sovereignty or our, you know, the deservingness behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, the other thing that I, the other statement I like to, um, or phrase quote, um, whatever you want to call it that I like to come back to when things aren't manifesting in the right, in the, uh, well, I'm going to use quotations, <laughs> the right time. There's always divine timing. I, <laughs> but, um, you know, God's delays are not God's denials. So even if we aren't manifesting something, it's, you know, we, it's that work, you know, or maybe it's just that the work we need to do or the timing is not quite there. And there might be a reason why this thing hasn't occurred yet um, or hasn't, you know, uh, we haven't met the right person yet um, or, or whatever. So I feel like it's um, something to come back to, to just recognize that, you know, we're, you know, we're always manifesting um, and it's about going deep and looking at the, the healing, but then recognizing that, you know, there's always divine timing and everything. Yeah. And I think when we actually receive what we've asked for, and then we look back at why it took as long as it did, or the certain things had to happen before we're like, Oh, that's why I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready or I wasn't healed to receive. And that to me shows that the universe is always, always looking out for our best interests. Absolutely. It always has our back. And I think, you know, that's one, one of the beliefs that I've really held on to is like the universe has my back always. Everything is always, you know, beautifully timed and you know, I'm supported <laughs> and that always helps me to feel really aligned and, and yeah, deeply supported and knowing that everything is going to happen in divine timing. Mm-hmm. So wondering too, if, um, if you can just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, doing all this healing work as we're learning our sovereignty, as we're learning how to manifest, as we're learning how to tap into our true potential, how can we as individuals heal the planet as we're healing ourselves so what i see happening is the ripple effect Mm -hmm. when we heal on the inside and we can step out and be our authentic selves show up with unconditional love have compassion for people that radiates to other people random acts of kindness might Mm -hmm. seem small but will have huge impacts on people So when we heal ourselves, that energy is going to go out. People are going to witness your changes. I've had multiple people ask me, what are you doing? How are you doing it? I give them the tools. They sometimes take it. They sometimes don't. But it's me showing up and leading by that positive example and someone saying, I want that. Mm. I want to be that. How do I get that? And then them actively going towards it 
It's that expression, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I can speak all day about what I did and how I did it, but the person has to put in the work to make it happen. And the best way to get people to change for the better is you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then they want to mimic that. They mm-hmm. want that goodness that you're getting. They want those, those manifestations to come quickly. They want that positive experience. I get always compliments that I look younger than I am. And I say, you know what? That's because I'm living with positive energy, happy healing energy within me. And somebody that's the same age as me may not look the same and they're living with that negative stuff. So they see the reflection, they want the change and then they make it happen. Mm -hmm. So that would be the process is you become the change. Mm you put it out there to the world and let people pick it up. I think that we all have so many great stories and experiences and tools and techniques to put out there that when we start showing up, speaking them, then those are golden nuggets for somebody that's waiting to hear it that can start their transformation. And then they start doing it. And the other part to it is, I believe that it's the older generations that need to show up better. Mm. I always hear this conflict between older and younger and the older are pointing fingers at the younger, but we are only as good as the people that show us how to show up. Mm -hmm. So the older generations need to stop pointing fingers because we've taught the younger generations how to show up. Mm -hmm. So we as an older generation need to change show the children so when they grow up and they learn how to live with compassion unconditional love manifest the right things they teach their children that and then those children grow up and eventually that just is the ripple effect and every parent and every role model and every coach and teacher are showing up better for the generation to come to do it again I love that. Yeah, absolutely. We are models for every generation and for each other. And when we can truly show up and step into our authentic self, we can, and it is that ripple effect. We can, you know, inspire someone to want to make changes in their own life or, you know, learn how to be different. You know, we, we mirror each other and we, we really show up in, in that space to also give permission, right. To be authentic, to be, to accept When we, when we accept each other, we give each other permission to be ourselves and feel fully, um, vulnerable. You know, I think we're learning vulnerability as a culture, you know, which is something that has not always been allowed or felt safe, especially from the older generations, because they weren't able to feel safe to be vulnerable. And so it it is that, you know, showing the older generation. And I agree because I think each generation has its own level of consciousness that they come into this world with. And as our consciousness is rising, the generations are, they're more aware, they're more, um, you know, I don't want to say 
spiritual, but there's like this ascension process that's happening. It feels like with the newer generations, they're coming in with more awareness, more, you know, openness to, um, to, to what's going on in the world. And, and so I think that is helping our planet to rise up. And so it's really beautiful to see. It is absolutely. Yeah. And just to be, be able to like step into our own sovereignty and, and continue that process, you know, with that generation or the generations and even just, you know, in our, our own friend groups and, you know, families. And, you know, I, I've noticed that, you know, I am very different than most of my family members, um, you know, as far as my own like belief systems and things. And so I will share things with my family and plant seeds to help them grow. So I feel like there's a reason why we're being also born into certain families because we want to help us all grow and ascend together and heal generational traumas in the past. And so it just feels really, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm wondering um, if you could provide a meditation for us today. For sure. So one of the meditations that I do, I often do it daily at nighttime, is a complete cleanse. I think those that might not be aware that we do pick up energies from all around us. So sometimes when we're feeling things, it's not always, it's not always our own. It could be global. It could be somebody in another room or what's going on around us. So I like to cleanse every day. I cleanse my energy and I cleanse the energy around me. So um, I'll go through the process. I, again, I do this at nighttime. So I'm always lying in bed. I always find my first, like that comfort spot. You got to get nice and comfortable because you want to make sure that you're focused on not only the, the thoughts about the meditation, but also the physical body needs to be comfortable. So I'm going to invite you guys to close your eyes. And I always start at the top and I work my way down. I believe that the energy that I want to release should never go through my mind. It should go out my feet. So what I do is I open up my channel to the universe and I ask them to provide me with a beam of white light that comes straight down and it circles my crown chakra. And I ask that my connection is always clear. I ask what's no longer serving me is removed. And that white light just circles all around the crown, cleansing and clearing. And then from there, I bring down the light to my third eye. And from here, I make sure that it's cleansed and clear. Every once in a while, I'll do a big deep breath letting it all out, picturing it going down and out. If I feel any triggers in this moment, anything that's uncomfortable, I ask that it's wrapped in light and it's removed and it turns into love as it leaves. I ask the white light to then go down to my throat chakra. 
And from here, I ask that it cleanse and clears any blocks that prevents me from speaking my truth. It cleanses and clears and it wraps all around me. And then I ask the white light to go down to my heart chakra. And I always stay here a little longer in the heart because when we cleanse the top three chakras and we cleanse the bottom three, the heart chakra will then magnify. So I stay here a little longer getting that love radiating up and down. I then ask the universe to take that beautiful white light and we go down again to the solar plex just above the navel. And I ask that it clears any energy that's no longer serving me, any stagnant energy that's preventing me to have my willpower, to stand in my truth, to be seen, to be heard. It circles around me. And then I ask the white light to go down, straight into the sacral, cleansing and clearing, asking for beautiful creative ideas to come in, letting go fear of conquering any of my ideas, letting it go, cleansing and clearing. And then I ask the white light to continue going down into my root chakra, keeping me grounded, keeping me stable, providing me with the trust that all that I need will be there when I need it. My financial security is safe. It cleanses and clears. And then I ask the white light to continue going down into Mother Earth, wrapping itself around the roots, wrapping itself around the core. So now I've got a pillar of white light coming from above, going straight through all my chakras, down into the ground releasing and letting go anything that's holding me back, energies that are not mine. And then I ask the universe to wrap my aura with protection, that as I sleep, all is fine, all is well, and the next day I can show up, be present, have just my energy ready to go. I'm now ready for a restful sleep. Here's where I would just fall asleep. But now I invite you to open your eyes when you're ready. Take one last deep cleansing breath and let it go. That was beautiful. Thank you. I can see how that would be just a beautiful cleansing meditation before bed, just letting go of all the energies that you brought on. Cause I think especially as empaths, we have to realize that, or we, you know, it's important to recognize that we tend to take on, you know, other people's energies throughout the day a little bit more. I mean, we all do, whether you're empath or not, but then empaths, I think, feel it on a very much deeper level. Um, but just to do that cleansing can really help to release that, um, those energies. 
yeah. and, and create lighter, lighter being. So thank you. That's beautiful. And, and it sounds yeah. like be something you could do like in the morning also kind of doing it a couple times a day or throughout the day even. Yeah. I always put protection around me before I leave the house, mm -hmm. but sometimes you need that little bit more. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I do that one at the end of the day, it's almost like I'm letting go of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to bring that forward with me tomorrow. I can let it go, release it. Sometimes, like I said, the triggers might come in and I just sit with them like, okay, yeah, I, I can let that go today. I can forgive that today because mm -hmm. tomorrow's a new day. So yes, it's just a complete let go of that day. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. So I'm wondering, um, Trish, if you can tell us a little bit about um, Build Yourself Back Up and how people can find you and, and even what you're currently working on. For sure. So Build Yourself Back Up is a platform that I created to speak and write about my experiences, to provide people with insight on how to change, how to be better, and ways to do it with tools and techniques. I'm on social media. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I do have a YouTube page and I have a website. Uh, you can contact me if you have questions or if you want some guidance on anything. I am currently creating content, content for a talk that I'm doing here at the University of Alberta next month. Uh, it's with Blue Talks. So Blue Talks is like TED Talks but they allow you to speak on spirituality and pretty much any topic you want. And so I'm getting geared up to do a talk there. And I'm also gearing up to be in a second book um, that's going to be released next year. So you can find my current book on amazon.ca and .com. It's also through uh, Blue Talks, Business, Life and Universe. And I'm in volume four. Beautiful. And we'll add all of those to our show notes as well, all the links to that. So, awesome. so people can find you easily. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Trish, and sharing your experience with us in this beautiful conscious conversation. And thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would absolutely love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other and love the world. We love you. Love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Bye. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers, street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor.
Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.